This is the Photo Experiment Podcast, brought to you by PhotoBiz X. Today's guest has photographed members of the royal family, world-class athletes, and music stars. And in 2013, British Vogue magazine described him as a visionary photographer, and that was two years after starting his business. Based in Scotland, he concentrates mostly on weddings and portraits these days, and he's been making photography news all over the world. Well, his nine-year-old Regina has, to be more precise. Regina not only accompanies Kevin to weddings, brides are actually requesting her for their big day. I'm talking about Kev Wiley from Scotland, and he's here with me now. Just before I introduce Kevin, I want to say a big thanks to the Image Salon. I'm going to tell you more about them later in the show. They are sponsoring today's episode. Kevin, welcome to the show, mate. Thank you, Andrew. How are you? <laughs> really good. Look, I told you before I was going to call you Kev because that's what you prefer, and I'm, I'm already slipping into Kevin. <laughs> it's okay. I, I just feel like an eight-year-old kid getting into trouble. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you get your full name. It, oh, no, I've done wrong. You're definitely not in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> There's a first. <laughs> mate, tell me a little bit about your business. How long have you been running, and what's bringing in the money these days? It's been a full-time business since April 2011. We started off as a passion whilst I was in the army. I returned from from four months in Africa, um, way back in 1991. I saw some amazing sights, you know, but obviously taking photographs wasn't a priority. So I promised myself when I got home I was going to buy, a, a, in my infinite you know, knowledge of photography, a proper camera. So it kind of started from there and it just grew and grew and then I left the forces and various different jobs. My photography was always there as a, a keen sort of hobby and it's probably as, as an awful lot of wedding photographers. Um, you suddenly become the friend who, yeah, you've got a good camera, can you photograph my wedding? And I know everybody goes on about Uncle Bob's, but, you know, six years ago I was Uncle Bob, you know, but, you know, without getting in the road of the professional, but I was the one that people were asking. And it grew and grew, and it, it got to the point where I really wasn't happy doing anything else apart from take photographs. And you mentioned my daughter Regina, and if I'm honest, she was a huge catalyst in me making the move to being a full-time pro. Um, work was coming in, you know, requests were coming in. And between a full-time job and, you know, the occasional sort of photography jobs and days off, I never saw my kids. You know, and, and as an adult, we know we're doing these things, you know, to, to make money for our kids. And Regina curled up to me, so she would be four at the time, and she curled up next to me on a Sunday night, and she said, Dad, can I ask you something? I said, yeah, go for it, sweetheart. She said, Dad, why do you go to work when I'm sleeping and come home when I'm sleeping? Have I been bad and you don't love me anymore? Really? She said that? Andrew, honestly, I had tears. I was in bits. And I said, do you know something, sweetheart? No, but that's about to change. And the next morning, I phoned my area manager. I was a store manager for a, a, a UK-wide company. And I phoned them and I said, I'm leaving because I never see my kids and I'm going to work for myself. And then I promptly had a heart attack thinking, God, I need to get a business going quite quickly. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I gave them six weeks notice, so I had a wee bit more time to sort of plan things out. But it just went into, you know, full-on overdrive. Let's make this work. And, you know, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was... You know, don't think about how you're going to make money. Photograph what you love shooting. You know, photograph the stuff that you're passionate about. Then you can figure out how you're going to make money from it. And I've always, you know, despite my initial start with, you know, wanting to document the world around about me, I grew towards photographing people. I love interacting with people and I love, you know, the you're capturing moments that are never going to be replaced. So, you know, weddings and portraits, just it was natural. There, there was already a stream there coming in with people, um, booking me for things so we just can expand it from there and you know I shoot mountain bike races occasionally because I'm a mountain biker and I love that side of things but it doesn't make an awful lot of money for me it's, it's you know 
it's a, a tiny, tiny portion of it. Weddings and portraits is where the business is now. For sure. So when you were in Africa, was that part of the armed forces? Is that what you were doing? You were serving? Yeah. Yeah, I served in the Scots Guards. Right. And were you already into photography then at all? Like, did you have a camera with you? I had a, I used to always carry a week in a camera with me. I had an Olympus trip, me compact thing. I always remember David Bailey used to do the adverts for them. You know, there was photographs with an advert with David Bailey and he would be photographing the wedding in this tiny wee pocket camera. You know, and people say, you know, who, move over, pal. Who do you think you are, David Bailey? And, you know, so I had one of those. And the day before we flew to Africa, someone stole that camera, someone stole it from a bag. So I literally, the day we flew, hurtled into town, went into Dixon's and picked up the first camera. So it was a, a literally, I think, £12 for this fixed focus plastic thing, probably the plastic lens looking back. And, you know, a dozen rolls of film and away I went. And that was, I always liked taking photographs, but I'd never really considered it as a, a serious hobby. You know, but the things, you know, I'll always remember we sat at the side of the lake one night, you know, and camped and stuff. And This is in Africa? Yeah, and the sun was setting, and just over our heads there was, I don't know, maybe 12, 15, these big marabou stalks just flew in silently over our heads and landed on this lake that was lit with this sunset. And, you know, you reach for this crappy wee compact camera, take a snap, which was rubbish. You know, and I'm saying, you know, when I get home, I am buying a proper camera, and, you know, I'm never missing things like that again. <laughs> and that's where it went, you know. So the interest was there, I was... I was very aware that I was attracted to the, the art of photography. So when you got back, did you actually buy that SLR? You know, being a good squaddy, um, we had a wee bit of um, R&R time before we came back to the UK, and I spent every damn penny that I had. You know, we partied. Uh, Drinking. Yeah, you know, that's just what we did. <laughs> so I thought I was coming home skin. I landed back on the 9th of December 1991 to a tax rebate from the British government, thank you very much. And I literally, I went out the very next day Walked into Dixon's, which is an electrical retailer across here. Walked and, you know, very technically demanded that I wanted to buy a proper camera. And this was it. And the guy pulled out a, a Canon EOS 1000F with a 35 to 80 mil and a 70 to 210 Sigma lenses and said, this is what you need. Thank you very much. And out I went. <laughs> wow. And so from there, obviously you developed a passion or it kept going, that passion, and you worked your way around the cameras. You went into this, was it a sales job? Initially when I left the forces, it tends to be a, there's a sort of culture that when you leave the armed forces, as a lot of my friends have done, you're going to join the police. And I had no interest in rolling about with criminals. Or you join the, the prison service. And again, I didn't want to work with criminals every day. Or you join the fire brigade. You know, and running into burning, burning buildings, yeah, no, sorry, but no for me. You know, so, but I drew in the sort of fitness knowledge that I'd gained through the forces and I started working in health clubs and wound up managing health clubs because to me, you know, working in a gym full of lycra-clad ladies was more appealing than working <laughs> with criminals, you know. I bet, I bet. You know, the photography was always there and eventually, I loved the fitness industry, it was great fun, but there was no money in it, so getting married having kids coming along, you know, right, I need to get a job that pays money. And sales jobs pay money, you know. So I worked for car sales companies for a couple of years, selling Land Rovers and Audi and sort of high-end Porsches and things like that. And then moved into, I worked for a, a company called Moss Bros, which is a suit retailer in the UK, um, simply because the car trade was six days a week. Moss Brothers was five days a week. So it should have given me more time with my family. But as I say, the photography was expanding so it still became, I was working six and seven days a week with that. So it was, realistically, 
everything was sales. Even the fitness industry was sales because you're selling memberships, you're selling the supplements that are behind the reception desk, you're selling heart rate monitors. So it was all it was all kind of sales related. But yeah, has it helped your photography business? Hugely, hugely. How? If I'm honest with you, Andrew, it's the hardest thing that I've had to do. You know, I love taking photographs, and I know that I'm reasonably capable of producing a, a decent snap or two. But I think it's something that I know a lot of photographers struggle with, is selling something that we're so passionate about, because we enjoy taking photographs. I love, you know, when you press that button and you know I've got a shot that's going to, you know, really rock your socks off. Because we love it so much, we find it very, very hard to charge properly for it or to sell it to people, you know, to stand there and say, you know, this is what I do, you know, ignore everyone else that's going to do it for £50 or £100. This is what I will do for you. And it probably took me about a year to a year and a half of really struggling, if I'm honest. You know, massive thanks to my wife because she fed us, she paid the mortgage, she supported us through that time when I was, you know, every penny that was coming in was going back into the business. Were you a stay-at-home dad and she was off to work or how did that work? Yeah, I worked at home and whenever I had a, a booking, whenever there was a wedding or a portrait shoot, as soon as I get the booking, I literally phoned my wife and said, right, this date here, you need it off. And that was it. She arranged to have that day off and I worked from home. So I was doing my, you know, working in marketing, outreaching to other wedding suppliers, going speaking to venues about doing shoots for them and, you know, things like that. So I was juggling, I was daddy daycare and a photographer at the same time. <laughs> I was lucky that your wife was working and bringing the income. That was fantastic. Yeah, you know, and I've said it so many times in the past, I would not be anywhere near where I am today if it wasn't for her. You know, similar, she's the one that turned around one day, you know, we looked at the figures and she said, you need to start selling. You know, and I said, but yeah, but I take photographs. She said, Kevin, you've sold, you know, suits, you've sold shirts and ties, you've sold cars. She said, you know, you've taken, you know, I remember there were two, two very famous business in my cross here, two brothers, and I sold them, between the two of them, about 150 grand's worth of cars. And I came home, do you know something? Absolutely no discount, loads of add-ons, I've got loads of commission. And she went, how did you do it? Well, I just sold it. And she said, you know, you could do that for somebody else. She says, you need to sell your photography. You know, you need to use the tools that you've been given as a salesman and sell your photography. And that was the kind of, the wake-up call. And everything that I do now, you know, there's, there's a, a phrase in, in sales, the ABC of selling, and it says always be closing. Everything that you do is leading towards. And, you know, even if I'm laughing or joking with someone or I'm talking through a book or I'm showing them a sample or whatever, it's always working in that close. And I would never have been capable of doing that if I hadn't had to sell people, you know, protein powders and heart rate monitors and three pair of cufflinks when you only need one bloody set of cufflinks. You know? <laughs> Can you give me an example of how you would be working or focusing on the clothes when you're showing someone, you know, a wedding album or a sample? Like, how does that dictate the way you're talking to them? Generally, you know, it's, I try to kind of vary it as much as I can to the clients. But generally speaking, I've never been a big fan of hard sell. You know, will you book now? You know, if you book now, you will get this. You know, I prefer to kind of just like soft closes and assumptive closes where, you know, you're getting towards the end of the kind of process and you just, you know, you pull out the order form. So how do you want to pay your booking fee? You know, do you want to pay it all in one go or do you want to pay it via bank transfer? So it's an assumptive close. But as we're going through the book, um, I actually tell stories an awful lot when I think about it when I'm showing people the books because, you know, the wedding industry is huge. You know, one of my friends said, if you Google wedding photographer in Ayrshire, in my area, he said, there are over 400 people claiming to be a wedding photographer. How does someone choose who to pick? Do you know? And you're always going to get the people that will go with the lowest bidder. 
know, there's a guy here at this wedding fair, he's half your price. How do you stand out? So you make your photographs the best that you possibly can. And it's the old saying, people buy people. And I, I try to, you know, when a bride goes through, or a potential bride goes through a book and she picks on a photo, oh, I love the colours and that, or I love that, bang, you know, we've got the venue, I'll, I'll tell them about the venue, I'll tell them a funny story about any wedding that's in my books because this matters to me. So they start to see that you've got a passion for what you do and that it's not just a conveyor belt of, you yeah, turn up on a Saturday, take some snaps, there's your book, go away, boring as hell. <laughs> you know, but that, let's face it, there are people, there are businesses that are very successful and that's what they do. They will send someone out on a Saturday, he turns up, takes photographs, the photographs are putting a disc or putting a book and suddenly you're falling asleep. <laughs> you know, so I want them to see the passion I have for it. So what, is that what you're saying? That if you're passionate, if you're sharing these stories, if you've got these anecdotes about different things that you've been through, different situations, is that helping you close the sale? Hugely, hugely, especially if you're at their venue. You know, if there's a photograph in there, you know, the Brigadoon's a, a perfect one. I love the Brigadoon. The very first time I shot there, um, actually, I used Twitter and Instagram an awful lot. And while they were at their wedding breakfast, I tweeted a couple of photographs that I had Wi-Fi from my camera to my phone. The venue's headquarters, actually, their head office, actually picked it up and phoned me while they were still at the mail and said, can we use these photographs for our website, for our brochures, for our adverts? <laughs> You're damn tootin' right, you can. Absolutely. <laughs> so when... You know, when, when someone goes through one of my books, you know, they're talking, oh, yeah, we're getting married at the Brig of Dune. Let me show you some samples from there. So straight away, you know, they've been there, they've walked around that venue, they've spoken to the wedding coordinator. You know, if it's one of the venues where I'm fortunate enough to be a preferred supplier, like the Brig of Dune, they've seen my photographs. So it reaffirms to them the standard of your photography. Well, you know, this is a high-end wedding venue here. This is, you know, one of the guys that they use his photographs to advertise. It must be pretty good. So straight away, that kind of breaks down barriers of, you know, are you any good? Can you deliver what we need? Well, your venue trusts me. You know, and they can see themselves when they're, when they're looking at those photographs of the staircase at the Brigadoon or, you know, down in the gardens, you know, overlooking the actual bridge. They see themselves there. They can see, you know, so what's your dress like? Oh, I haven't found my dress yet. Right, but you can picture how the two of you are going to be there. You know, hopefully we'll get sunshine like that. But let me show you some photographs when it rained on that day. So it kind of, it puts them, if you like, it puts them in the book. So what do you do now? Or even looking back at when you started, what happens if someone says they're getting married at a certain venue and you've never been there? You don't even know what this venue looks like. How do you make that connection then? Oh, generally speaking, um, sorry, I've just realised I'm on my, my MacBook just now. I have got the UPS van pulled up with a storybook for a bride from Graphic Studio. <laughs> so I knew this was going to happen, Andrew. So I've got the cheque written. I've got it all ready to go. And I'm just going to answer the door. So if you hear me speaking, you'll know, you'll know that's what it is. Um, Go for it. Yeah, so if, if it's a venue that I haven't shot before, and I'm very, very fortunate, I've managed to shoot some weddings. I've been booked to book to shoot some weddings all across, you know, across Europe and France and Italy and Bulgaria and places like that. And technology helps. Technology helps a huge amount, um, simply because if it's somewhere I've never been before, I will instantly pull out my phone or an iPad if I've got a Wi-Fi connection and I, I use one of these sun apps, the Rick Salmon's uh, sundial. And that lets me straight away dial in. I can search for any venue in the world, anywhere that is. Dial in their date, and then I can show them, OK, now, that's the place that we're talking about here. Right. If you get married at 2 o'clock, well, let me talk about how the light's going to fall. So I explain to them that it's light that makes the photography. So we can then start discussing, OK, it might be another side of the world. It might be a venue I've never shot before. But I can show you the best places right now at specific times of the day where we can get the best shots on that place. 
So you can bring up a screen showing your Google Maps or showing photographs where we can look and go, you know, yeah, this shot here, you like that shot there? Well, that's great. But we can't shoot that at three o'clock after your service. We need to come back at six o'clock at night after your wedding breakfast. So I use technology an awful lot to, to kind of break down those barriers. What's that app called? It's Rick Salmon's um, Sundial, I think it's called. I might get you to uh, send me a link so I can add that to the show notes because that sounds interesting. You know, it's one of these things that I'm very OCD about my work. You know, if there's a variable there, I want to remove it. I'll use an app that will show me, if, you know, tide times. So if their venue's next to the sea or near the sea, they might want a sunset shot at the beach or they might want to go on the beach for, for bridal portraits. I'll check the tide times. You know, I've, I'm bloody obsessed, if I'm honest. I carry... Genuinely, you know, anybody that's photographed weddings has seen things go wrong. They've seen disasters. So some of my lens hoods have gaffer tape wrapped around them. You know, if I need to fix a hem or a dress gets ripped, put your hand up the, up the dress and tape it for the inside. I carry sewing kits, I carry elastoplast just to remove all these variables because when the bride starts going to meltdown because, you know, a bridesmaid's dress, the zip has burst. Don't worry, I've got a sewn kit. Let's put some, you know, let's put some stitches in. We'll stitch her into the dress. You know, problem solved. So having these apps allow me to actually sit down, you know, usually I'll use it at the pre-wedding shoot with them where we can, you know, we're six or eight weeks out for the wedding. We can actually look and I will show them on the iPad the, the kind of screen grabs of this is how the light's going to move throughout your day. So we're going to do this, we're going to do that. If it's raining, this is where we're going to shoot. So I find it really, really relaxes brides. And even if you're at the point where they're sitting with you, you know, talking about possibly booking you for a venue you've never been before. And I've had it in the past where the brides, one of the brides' mothers was adamant she was going to go with someone she knew who had photographed this venue loads of times because there was a very specific shot that he did asked her to show me, so we literally went to Google, looked through the photographs, and I said, yeah, now let's talk about the timings for your day. This is two years down the line. Up came my son up, spoke about everything. It was a wee setting within the woods. And I said, you know, we, we can do that shot, but not when you're talking about it. No, it needs to be done in the afternoon. I said, no, it, it really doesn't. Let me show you why. So as I explained to her, that if we went back about half past seven in the evening before the first dance, the sun was setting on the other side of the woods, so there, there would be this beautiful hopefully golden light coming in through the woods to light them up and the photograph would be even better than the one she was looking at. The fact that I had gone into so much detail, even without them booking me, the bride just looked and she's like, you know, if you're so well planned now, I'm booking you. Let's pay the booking fee. Let's get the contract signed because you've got two years, you know, to, to plan on that. If you can do that in two minutes, this is the person of my day. So, it helps, you know, techno I'm not a Luddite, but, you know, technology technology's there and it's better than it's ever been, so bloody use it. You know what I'm curious about now? Like, I'm hearing you talk about being so organised, you know, accounting for every little detail, having these contingency plans in place, having a sewing kit and gaffer tape. What are you doing taking a nine-year-old daughter to a wedding? Isn't that just more stress for nothing? Do you know something? In the run-up to the day, yes, yes. You know, on the day when we got there, Regina is cool as a bloody cucumber, mate. Honestly, she's just, she takes everything in her stride. So you see literally there from beginning to end when she comes to a wedding with you? She was there all day. That was her first wedding that she did in April. Um, she's been to the Mountain Bike World Cup with me. She's shot mountain bike races. She's shot trash the dress shoots. She's shot pre-wedding shoots. Um, she's been in fashion and portrait shoots with me. But the bride and groom, I've known the bride and groom for years. 
And they actually turned up at a wedding fair I was exhibiting that And they said, you know, are you available on this date? I went, oh yeah, no, congratulations Which venue is it? And a huge, huge compliment They said, well, we're looking at three venues They all have this date available But we're only booking them once we know you're available You're fantastic <laughs> And they said, only other condition is That we want Regina to shoot with you And you know, and straight away I did the same as every sensible adult in the world would do Go, no, Gemma, thanks very much I appreciate it, but she's nine And... <laughs> She's nine. She's my wee lassie. I love what she does and I'm very proud of the work that she does, but she's nine. And her words to me were, Kevin, I've watched the photographs you've put up on Facebook. You know, she's come to shoots with you. And I believe she's got a talent. And I know that she's going to shoot weddings at some point. Ours needs to be the very first that she does. And it's the only way that I'm booking you. only way I'm booking you. Do you know what? Fair enough. You can cover your base and so, you know, it's a long day for me as an adult. Oh, that's right. I mean, I stress about having an assistant with me sometimes. I'm worrying about what they're doing and you've got a nine-year-old daughter. Yeah. You know, I come home and I told my wife and she went, you didn't say yes, did you? I went, it's only we booking. Fortunately, <laughs> the, the venue's maybe only about sort of five, ten minutes drive from where we live. So, you know, I was honest with Gemma and Eric and I said, like, you know, if we get to the point where she suddenly phobes and says, Dad, I need to sleep. Are you okay? You know, I'll phone my wife and she'll come. They're like, yeah, listen, it's not a problem. Don't worry about it. And in the run-up to the wedding, she was very excited. I was an absolute bag of nerves. I was terrified. <laughs> you know, What sort of things were you worried about? But just, you know, I know that her ability with a camera was there. I had absolutely no doubt in that whatsoever. My biggest concern was adults. I knew that the bridal party knew Regina and knew through the bride and groom talking about her, you know, that, that she would be fine. But when you walk into the service, you know, maybe 60 or 70 guests there, and this wee nine-year-old, blonde, cute wee girl with a camera walks right to the very front of the aisle and starts taking photographs, you get looks. I knew that was going to happen, and that was a bit that terrified me. I figured that, you know, if she did get tired later on in the day, phone call to Sylvia, she would come, take her away, and everything's fine. I was only concerned with how adults would react with her. Thankfully, everybody was fine, and she was... Cam as a cucumber when we arrived at the venue because it's a venue I know well I walked around about and I explained you know this is what will happen this is where she'll you know where the bride will come in this is where the service will So this was her first wedding? Yes I mean not shooting but her actual first wedding she'd even been to? Oh no she'd been to weddings with us before Okay but not as a photographer? Not as a photographer no Okay so so far at this point in time she's photographed this one wedding for Gemma and Eric that's it? Yep Yep Okay so you get to the day and you're taking her through the day, how it's going to run and through yeah. the venue, is that right? Yep. Okay. And how detailed were you with your instructions to her, like where she could stand and what she had to do? Actually, the only thing that I really sort of covered was during the ceremony, I asked her to go to front left. If you're walking down the aisle, front left. So off to the side of the bride, because I usually stand off to the right-hand side to start with so that I'm photographing the bride's face and the bride's reactions and stuff. So we discussed it and I said, well, if you shoot there, you can get the groom's reactions and their kids are going to be standing across there as well. So, you know, she'd build up a rapport with them during the pre-wedding shoot as well. So she said, right, okay, that's fine. And thereafter, it was just a case of, right, let's get the cameras out. Let's go and do what we do. So we went into, you know, upstairs to the bridal prep, which was taking place over two different rooms. She started setting up her own shots. You know, I took up the, you know, the shot of the shoes. And she says, are you finished? She says, I'm, I'm finished now, darling, yeah. Right, fine. And it was literally, yeah, right, that's fine. She picked them up, walked over to the bed, which had a kind of gold-coloured, cover on it and a sort of gold pillows and cushions she moved one of the pillows in the middle sat them on it and I'm looking with these beautiful blue shoes with jewels in the back and I'm looking going that's a damned nice shot <laughs> so she totally reset up the shot how she wanted it yeah I was shooting in a completely different area of the room 
away to the other side because that's where she saw the shoot taking place. And that's what she did. You know, she just, you know, she would get bridesmaids. Can you come here for me and let me take your photograph and move over? How did they respond to that? Did they take it okay? They were fine. They were fine. Again, through Facebook, a lot of the bridesmaids had already added me on Facebook. I knew a couple of them as well through Gemma and Eric. So they had already seen some of Regina's work. So they knew that she was coming and everyone was fine. And the great thing is they relaxed an awful lot around her. You know, so they just kind of, yes, it's her with a, if I'm honest, I don't think they truly expected that she would deliver the standard of shots that she did. Just like the silent assassin, this cute wee girl, oh, take my photo. (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask you more about the day and also in particular the ceremony. Did you have to go and clear this with the priest or the vicar? No, it was a humanist service. What's a humanist? Humanist. Oh, you don't have them all across there. Oh, you're going to live them when you hit Australia, boy. (laughs) It's actually, do you know, I'm seeing less and less religious services now. Um, The humanism, it's more about being nice to each other, you know, the kind of interaction with your fellow man type of thing. It's not necessarily a religion as such it's just a kind of way of thinking um, you know being nice to people so it's similar to a registrar idea but they've got their own kind of set of rules right okay so it could be in a chapel it could be in a garden it could be on the beach yeah it could be in a mountainside it can be anywhere they can they can do it okay so you just clear it with whoever's putting on the ceremony and let them know well we just we introduced ourselves um when she got there lovely woman called leslie she was fantastic and believe it or not the bride of that bride and groom had actually spoken to us, you know, we've got two photographers, one of them's nine years old, and what she thought was very, very cute, we introduced herself, and uh, within a couple of minutes, Regina took her halfway down a corridor where there was a pool of light coming in from a skylight, and she said, just stand there, let me take your photograph, and she, she humoured her, and then she said, can I see it, can I see it in the back of the camera? And Regina said, yeah, sure, and she looked, and her eyes just went wide, and she went, oh my God, and she kind of looked at me, and she went, that's amazing, oh, yeah, thank you, and she went, no, I genuinely, I didn't expect that. Yeah, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition, do they? (laughs) (laughs) That's a Monty Python one. Yeah, there you go. And she just, wow. And that just straight away, if that lady had had any fears, which I don't think she had, but if she had any concerns about a nine-year-old shooting, they were gone. They were totally Did you really bring her in as a serious shooter? Or was it just to get the booking and satisfy the, you know, I guess, I mean, I don't want to say the curiosity of the couple, but to please them? It's, it's a toughie because, as I say, because I've known Gemma and Eric for quite a while, you know, my wife and mother daughter were invited along to the evening reception. So Regina would probably have been invited to the evening reception anyway. But it's something Regina had spoken about it before. And half of the other brides asked me, you know, if you want to bring her along because we've seen what she does. And I've always kind of dismissed it because, you know, as well as the fact that she's a nine year old kid and you don't want to seem unprofessional dragging a kid to shoot a wedding. You know, she's nine year old. You know, she's like a nine-year-old kid with everything else. She competes in swimming competitions and ice skating competitions. And I want her to be a kid. You know, I don't want her to get bogged down with, you know, oh, I've got to shoot a wedding on Saturday. And, I've, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> so true. Well, we're going out on our bikes, yeah, I'm shooting a wedding, you know. So I knew her ability to deliver shots based on what she's, what she's done before. I knew that if she was there, she wouldn't disappoint the bride and groom. I knew she would produce beautiful shots. I didn't expect 238 that I would happily have put my name to. <laughs> Is that what she came up with? Yeah. She, she, I think she took about maybe four or 500 in total. You know, she, she's really, she slows things down an awful lot. She shoots in, you know, single shots, so there are no bursts. And I'm looking through these going, bloody hell, you know, of those 238, I think there were 42 that were black and white versions of the colour versions as well. Wow. You know, but I never expected that. I knew she produced some beautiful shots. So, yeah, whilst it was the bride and groom's initial request 
you know, I knew that, you know, she, she'll get some beautiful shots for you. So I was happy. Did you ask her if she wanted to go to the wedding to shoot? <laughs> she was actually standing at the wedding fair with me um, when they were talking and the conversation kind of turned towards her. And, you know, Gemma was saying to her, you know, will you come and photograph my wedding with your dad? And she just, this big beaming smile come across her face and she went, yeah, no problem. <laughs> Coolish, like, hey, okay, darling, let dad have a heart attack, but yeah, no problem. So, <laughs> she was involved in the, the decision making process to a certain degree. Fantastic. I want to ask you about the way she exposes and the way she composes her shots and how she does all that. Before I do that, I want to say a big thanks to the Image Salon and tell the listener a little bit more about them. They are sponsoring today's show, they are an image editing company. And the difference with these guys, actually, I haven't even asked you, Kev, do you do any outsourcing at all? No, I do everything myself. Everything? Yeah. Would you trust someone to outsource to? Honestly, no. Why not? It's the control freaking me. You know, if, if something goes wrong, it's me that's done it. Plus, it's a very personal thing to me. When I'm taking a shot, I see it in my head how that, that image is going to end. I see how it's going to finish up, whether it's a colour shot, whether I want it to be in black and white. And I know how I'm going to process that shot to get it looking the way that I want it to be and I just I couldn't trust anyone else to see inside my head I wouldn't really want them to see inside my head if I'm honest <laughs> so what about if you process black and whites the way you do does one wedding to the next wedding look similar they're black and whites like do you give them the same kind of treatment no you know there'll always be some similarities between some of them but I'll generally my biggest time spent editing a wedding in the black and whites is creating a look that I think works for that bride and groom you know based on how they look, you know, what kind of style they've gone for, whether it's a kind of vintage style, whether it's, you know, a nice modern venue. And I'll, I'll try to create a look that I believe, you know, represents them well. Um, so you'll always find some venues, some couples, there'll be similarities, but there'll always be tweaks to, to differentiate between the couples. Okay, and are you giving all black and white or some colour? Mostly colour. Generally, the way I do it is they get the colour shots and, you know, the ones that I see as black and white, they get those as well. Okay. How much time do you spend editing? Oh God! You know, if I'm honest, for the color for the color shots, since I jumped to shooting the Fujifilm, a hell of a lot less than I used to, because of, you've got the built-in film emulations with the Fuji cameras, so it lets me kind of dial in a style before I even take the shot how I see it. You've obviously still got the raw shots there to, you know, if you change your mind. Okay, so you're shooting JPEG and delivering JPEGs. I'm shooting JPEG and raw. Right. So which ones are you working on for the client? For the color shots, I'm working in JPEG. And for my black and whites, I'm working in the raw. Okay, so how long roughly to edit a full wedding? Two to three days, something like that. <laughs> serious? Mm. Okay, you've got to try outsourcing just once. What would you do with two to three days? You told me you got out of your other job to have more time with your kids. I do. Yeah, I don't miss a school play. I don't miss an ice skating competition. I don't <laughs> miss a swimming competition. But if I had those two to three days, honestly, Andrew... I would stress my head off. Get out. Why? Seriously, because it's mine. This is me. This is, you know, this is what I do. This is a 24-7 obsession with me. And it's mine from start to finish. You know, from the minute I arrive, in fact, before I arrive, from when the, the cameras are getting cleaned, the batteries are getting charged, to the delivery of the final product, that graphic studio book that's just arrived this morning, to hand the name over and seeing the smiles on my face. This is me. This is me and, well, to Regina, to a certain degree now as well, but this is me that they're buying into. So I've spent time with a couple. I've met them a couple of times before a wedding. I've been there longer than probably any other supplier on the day, when, you know, the most romantic day of their life. It's my job to get it right. It's my job to see it through because I know exactly how I am and 
I would get images back and go, yeah, mm, it's nice, but I still need to tweak it. To me, that's just, it's just, it's me. It's me. This is really interesting because, I mean, I know that this is an ad, you know, for my sponsor, for the Image Salon. Yeah. Sorry, guys. No, no, this is perfect because, you know, the way you're describing the way you're looking after your clients and the images, that is exactly the way I looked at it before I started outsourcing. And I didn't outsource to a company. I hired someone. So I've had different staff over the 15 years I've been in business. And at the moment, I have Tanil, and she's full-time. She's amazing. I mean, she sees the images the way I want them to be, and that's because I've taught her to edit the way that I want her to edit. But my biggest fear right now, and I've got to say, my thinking was exactly the same as yours. I just could not grow the business anymore because I was spending too much time editing. And I thought, this is crazy. I've got to let some of this go. Well, Linda said, you've got to let some of this go. So we put someone on. And back at the time, it was Simone and... It was so scary. I felt like you, you know, I was so scared yeah. to let it go. But man, it was, terrifying. it was, it was. But when I did it, when I gave into that, that feeling and I was a control freak, life just changed because I could focus more on the business. And I've got to say like now, 15 years later or 10 years later, I guess, after Simone has left us, I've had someone else in there full time ever since. And I know the day's coming when Tanil's going to tell me, Andrew, I'm pregnant yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to go, <laughs> there's no way I could go back and do editing like she does I just wouldn't have the time because I'm doing other things now and I know for me personally I would go without a doubt straight to the image salon and there's only one reason why I'll do this and and I don't even know if you're aware that this can be done Kev but if you go to the image salon Mm -hmm. you get an image editor a photoshop expert a lightroom expert assigned to you and they work with you to get the color that you want to get they work with you to get the look that you're after and that's the only person that will touch your files from every job from that really? time onwards. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Uh, it's, that's interesting. Do you know what? Maybe some point in time it will come. Um, it's certainly interesting to hear that. It's, it's something I've never even considered. I know there are there are companies who will do that, and I know other photographers, one of the associations that I'm a member of, that use that sort of service. Do you know what? When I talk about two to three days, there's probably one day of that is working on the colour files. The rest, it's, it's my take on the black and white stuff, but... Maybe maybe some point in the future it's worth looking into. I don't want to change your mind. <laughs> no, no, you have to be comfortable with what you're doing. I totally get that. Yeah. I just know for me when I let some of that go, the time that I got back was phenomenal and it changed the way that I did business. It was really cool. For the listener, if you want to check out these guys, and I urge you to, theimagesalon.com, you can send them five files as a trial, totally free. They'll put them through each of their different range of editing options that they have. There's four different ranges there from basic all the way to super advanced and totally retouched and yeah send me five files give them a try see what you think and then go from there the image salon.com kev yeah let's get back onto regina okay okay when she's shooting let's say she pulls away this celebrant yeah underneath this skylight because <laughs> yep. it's a nice pull of light there what is she doing for her settings is she shooting in automatic everything's manual get out genuinely <laughs> and do you know <laughs> i've tried in the past even at the wedding do you know i've Again, it's the control freak in me. I've always maintained that if there's anything automatic happening, something else is taking the decision for me. I can't allow that to happen. So I shoot everything full manual. You know, my flashes are full manual. I don't use TTL. You know, and I know that's you know one of these things that fires everybody off in web forums and stuff. If if TTL works for somebody, if aperture priority works for somebody, best of luck to you. You know, using exposure compensation, great. If it's working for you, fantastic. I'm never going to say you should change that. This is just how I work. But through Regina listening to photography, you know, other photographer friends and I sitting talking away, 
she just, you know, how do I use this? How do I, how do I, you know, so we started opening aperture priority and then it was, you know, but dad, that's not how you do it. So it just became that she shoots in manual and when she, when she turns around and says, but dad, you said that if it's automatic, the camera's making a choice, not you. And you're going, you know, you're using my own ammunition against me here. Thanks very much. <laughs> you know, and when we got to the wedding day and I said to him, you know, if you find it's getting a wee bit too manic for you, if it's getting a wee bit too fast paced, Stick to aperture priority, you know, just make sure that the exposure compensation's in zero. Stick to aperture priority and, you know, knock your boots. And she, honestly, Andrew, she never said a word, but the look she drew me, it was just like complete and utter disgust, like seriously, Dad? But, you know, <laughs> you hop it and take some photographs, let me do my stuff. And I went, yeah, okay. Because, you know, a wedding is, you know, there are times in a wedding where it can be really, really fast-paced. And if you're shooting full manual, you need to be on the ball. The great thing with the Fuji cameras is you've got those electronic viewfinder so you can see what you're shooting but for a nine-year-old you know I thought just in case have that safety net no it's okay I'll be fine you know so yeah everything's full manual sets are right so she walks into that pool of light is she thinking about ISO first and then she's picking a shutter speed or an aperture first and then a shutter speed to work she starts with her aperture and you know she's aware of the reciprocal right um reciprocal focal length versus shutter speed um so she sets that and then she'll just play with her ISO to get whatever she needs. But if I'm honest, I'm a wee bit old-fashioned. I carry a light meter with me everywhere I go. And she actually has a light meter on her iPhone. Does she use it? She does. Yeah, she does. You know, it's one of these kind of things that, you know, while she was learning how to use my light meter, you know, and I showed her, you, know, you can get them in your phone for free. Can you get me one then? <gasps> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of these cheap, you know, it's a, it's a free thing, but as well as been a, a reasonable incident um, sorry reflective no I sorry incident I'm talking rubbish here as well as been a, a reasonable incident meter it also shows you um, a colour balance uh, your white balance so she'll sometimes take a screenshot and say right okay well that was my set dad but there's the white balance aye okay fair enough so she's got this on her phone so she'll quite often take a wee reading or you know if I've already taken a reading she'll ask me but she's got the, wee, the iPhone out she'll take a wee reading and she knows that she's fairly close to where she needs to be Wow. And is she shooting JPEG or RAW? She's shooting, same as I do, she's shooting JPEG and RAW. Right, okay. Phenomenal. And does she do any of the editing herself or does she have a saying what stays in and what goes out? Yeah. Oh, God, yes, she does. <laughs> yeah. That's unbelievable. So she's got an eye for it then? Oh, she's like her mother that way. She has an opinion and you will hear it. <laughs> God, can you edit that out? My wife I'm just disappointed that she's at school today. I would love to have her on the show as well. <laughs> She's learning Lightroom. She's been learning Lightroom for the last sort of couple of months with me. Just, you know, I'm not big on heavy manipulation. Well, certainly the, the colour stuff. Um, so she's kind of learning her way through the development module. Um, the two of us sit, you know, side by side. I'll go through the colour with her. You know, so we do our colour and, right, you're happy with those, right? Let's start there. How do you see that one? What do you think we should change with that one? It's just, you know, she starts on the top right-hand side, works her way down through, you know, your contrast, clarity, curves, shadows and highlights and stuff. And that's pretty much it. So I'll talk her through it, you know, right, well, so if you try this, and it's, you know, it's, it's one of these kind of, because she has this vision in her head, as soon as she thinks she's there, anything I say gets dismissed, you know, so it's in, no list. just try it and see what you think. You know, sometimes she agrees, sometimes she doesn't, but it's her work and it's how she sees it. So that's fine, I just let her go on with it. Wow. So at the moment you're editing her files for the client, but once she knows she'll do that. 
Yeah, as I say, she's the one that's actually sitting with you know the the graphics tablet, and she's doing the editing herself. Oh, right, that's for the client. That's not just learning. That's for the client. No, no, she's doing it herself. And she did the red ones herself. Um, the black and white shots, if I'm honest, the black and white shots that she did for the the wedding, and um, she used a, a preset that I had created for Gemma and Eric. So she used that, so that there was there was a kind of similar look to the black and white stuff. Uh-huh. Right, it's just phenomenal. Do you think that this is? something that she's found that she's going to pursue on. I and mean, I know she's only nine, so it's hard to tell. But, yeah. you know, is it like a young kid that's found a sport that, you know, you can just see them, you know, chasing it for their life? Oh, mate, she loves it. She absolutely she loves photography. She loves art. She loves drawing and creating things, you know, with clay and, you know, anything at all that she can do with that. So she loves creating stuff. Um, as far as, you know, a career... I'm just happy, you know, if, if it's something that she enjoys doing and her young sister's following along, she wants to, you know, pick up a camera and take photographs as well. I'll support it as much as I possibly can, you know, whether that's a career choice, whether that's just a hobby, you know, as long as I'm seeing my wee girl with a smile on her face with the work that she's producing, I couldn't care less if she never makes a penny out of it. Fantastic. Generally, she... That's awesome. Look, you know, she's getting a lot of attention at the moment, you know, like she's got over 5,000 followers on Instagram. Oh, she's yeah. getting featured on podcasts by Petapixel. I think I saw something else. I mean, there's articles everywhere. If I Google Regina Wiley photographer, <laughs> there's link after pages. link that comes up. Yeah, pages. pages. Look, and I know you are... This is a tough question to ask because I'm a dad too and I'm as proud of my kids as you are of, of Regina. How does it make you feel that she's getting all this attention? Oh, mate, I'm a thousand feet tall. Really? Seriously, man. I, you know, um, one thing that this is, has brought home to me are there some serious, there are some adults that need a good kick in the arse. <laughs> Why? Because, you know, I've seen comments for, you know, from adults that, you know, there's a dad pimping out his daughter. You know, and if I'm being honest, I'd love to meet the person that said that because somebody pimping something out's a prostitute, and that's my wee girl he's talking about. Mm. But I'm sure that's not how he meant it. He didn't mean no, prostitution. But there are some really nasty comments that I've seen and really? you know comments you know one guy said you know this is the end of the industry I've been a pro for 40 years and you know now you're saying that even a kid can do it and I've got to bite my tongue because you know the guy's just looking for a response you know until somebody points out well you know if you've been a pro for 40 years and a nine-year-old scares you maybe time to look in rather than look out yeah, I didn't even consider all that side of things so I mean, let me ask you about that in a sec but so my first thing was you know look, I contacted you to do this interview I wanted to talk about Regina. I think that was yeah. pretty obvious. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but, you know, as a photographer, I'm a photographer too, and I would love to talk about my sons, but I still want to get some of the limelight. I'm a photographer too. I don't know, but you see when, you know, we were sitting in, in Burger King the other day, they are having lunch, and Regina got a phone call from a, a news agency in the States wanting to do an interview. Well, I get the phone call, can I speak to Regina? Yeah, here she's here. <laughs> you know, and... I posted a photograph of her on the phone on my Instagram page, and that smile on her face. Do you know something? You, you could give me every you know every newspaper, photo magazine front cover in the world. It will never touch how I felt looking at my wee girl smiling like that. So, you know, for my side of things, I'm fine. You know, I've got business coming in. I've got bookings. Next year's almost fully booked. 2018's booking up really, really quickly. I'm happy. I'm comfy in what I'm doing. You know, there is absolutely no reason for me to feel second place to my daughter, even though she's got four times as many Instagram followers than I have. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm happy for her. Genuinely, I'm happy for her. You know, if it gets me a wee bit more exposure, great. If it doesn't, I really genuinely don't care about it. Yeah. I'm enjoying seeing my wee girl happy and seeing her confidence rising, you know, through, through 
realising that it's not just their mum and dad saying, by the way, you can take a photograph. You know, so, so it's, it's, that's more important to me than anything. I would love to finish here, but you know, you mentioned those negative comments and I really want to understand, does she see any of those or has she seen any of those negative comments? No. Right. no. What about Sylvia, your wife? Sylvia keeps me calm when they come in. <laughs> <laughs> she, and, you know, no, I just, I, can, I just let them slip now because there's a lot of people that just, you know, there's always going to be haters. There's always going to be someone with a problem because a nine-year-old has the ability to turn up and take photographs at a wedding to the standard that she does. That's life. Do you know what? That's just the way it goes. It's pointless me getting reacting to it because that's what some of them want. They want their voice to be heard. That's great. You know, make your voice heard. And the one thing that I have seen happen because of that, invariably, when someone makes a, a nasty comment or a, a jealous comment like that, there is someone else waiting to jump in and say, you know something? Wind your neck in. You're jealous of a nine-year-old. Do you, have, do you have any idea how petty that sounds? What about when they're attacking you, Kev? I totally get that. And I imagine Regina has got people defending her, you know, till the cows come home. Who wouldn't defend a nine-year-old girl? But what about the guys that are saying, ah, oh, that Kevin Wiley, he's just cashing in on his daughter, you know, he's just milking it for all it's worth? Right. Going back to, to when I learned, or when I started in photography, I served with the Scots Guards. Mate, I've been insulted by professionals. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing they can throw at me that's going to bother me. You know, if I got a wee bit angry if I felt things were being directed at Regina. Directed at me, do you know something? Yeah, okay, water off a duck's back. Doesn't bother me. That's awesome. Doesn't bother me at all. So in the beginning, when you first saw these these comments, these negative comments, yeah. I can understand it would have been super hard not to jump down someone's throat. And it sounds like <laughs> Sylvia was holding you back. Oh, yeah. Has it gotten easier to ignore that stuff? Yeah, yeah, just switch off to it now. Is there more now than what there was? No, you know, some of the recent posts, you know, Huffington Post put a thing up this morning and, you know, I'm seeing less now. It seems to be, it's photographers, you know, some of the the kind of mainstream things where as a news channel sharing it and stuff like that, it's generally positive comments. Um, It was some of the kind of photography forums or photography pages that you would get negative comments. And one of them, you know, I won't say who, but there was one guy who made a really, really cheeky comment or nasty comment. And the guy who actually wrote the article jumped on and put him in his place. So there's no need for me to do it, you know, so I appreciate it. It's probably, if I'm honest, Andrew, it's someone sitting somewhere with, you know, you know, if they're lucky, a modicum of talent, you know, a good camera and, you know, P for professional mode that wants their wee minute of fame, that wants somebody to go, well, who's this that's talking about this? Let's click his profile. Let's look at his work. Let's give him some attention. And, you know, if they feel the need to try and belittle myself or a nine-year-old girl, to get that attention, then, you know, something they've got bigger problems than than I need to deal with. Best of luck to them. I agree. How many kids have you got? I've got two. I've got two girls. How old's your other daughter? She is six. Alba's six. Oh, is she another budding photographer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is she really? Yeah, big style, mate. Big style. She's, <laughs> uh, she now, no, which, you know, I don't know, it's not necessarily sibling rivalry, but if my big sister can do it, I can do it. You know, big sister, you know, goes to the swimming club, when can I get into the swimming club? Big sister competes at ice skating. She's now competing at ice skating. You know, so, so when do I get to photograph a wedding? You're six, behave yourself. <laughs> you know, yesterday evening, I was fortunate enough to photograph a young man called Reese Cartwright who recently won the IBF Middleweight Junior World Boxing Championship. So we were, were taking photographs of him. The girls were there. Regina took a couple of photographs. And you know, as I wrapped up, Alba stepped forward and she said, Dad, 
can I take a photograph? <laughs> no, here you go. So there's a Fuji X-T1 with a 16 to 55 2.8 lens. You know, put the strap around about your wrist, hold it there. To be fair, the lights and everything myself. She zoomed and she actually took a really, really nice photograph. She's, you know, she generally, if for a day, she'll pick up my a Fuji X100T because it's nice and it's light and it's a good size for her. And I'll, you know, I'll put it in aperture priority and say, right, go for it. And, you know, she's developing an eye. She wants to see them in the photo, on the screen. And when you post them on Facebook, we tell you, you know, how many likes have I got? You know, oh, this is going to cost me. It starts early, doesn't it? Oh, man, it's going to cost me a bloody fortune. <laughs> you're going to need a sponsorship of Fuji. <laughs> yeah, listen, Fuji, if you're listening, please feel free to help my bank balance. Sponsor my daughter's. Wait, last couple of things. Go for it. Have there been offers coming to Regina, you know, to use gear or, you know, sponsorship type things coming in? Well, through one of the photographs that she took of a trash to dress shoot a couple of years ago, asked to be a brand ambassador for Cotton Carrier. And last year, I think it was, we were down taking some seascapes at night, sunset shots, and I posted a comparison between one of mine and one of Regina's, and there really, there was just, you know, hardly any difference between them. And one of the guys from Cotton Carrier actually commented and he said, like, you know, as soon as she's big enough that she can fit into a Cotton Carrier, we're going to get her on the team. <laughs> so, yeah, we've had that. We've been contacted by a television show in the States where they've asked us to do a, a video, kind of interview her, answering a few questions and taking some photographs, which we did last night and we sent it away to them. And if that's picked up, then they're going to fly her across the States next month to take part in a, a television show. Fantastic. Wow, isn't it amazing? It really is. Mate, oh, it's, it's frightening. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's great, but it just shows you how small the world really, really is now. You, know, you mentioned when you Google Regina Wiley. You know, I do that because you know I'm always watching because there are some scary people out there. So I, I monitor it as much as I can, and I'm looking. And there's blog posts in languages I don't even understand. <laughs> You know what's, what's lovely for you know very quickly going back onto the comment about the negative comments. See when you get co- you know people are sending her messages on Instagram or commenting some of the photographs on Instagram. You know I live in Korea. There was one I think it was yesterday or the day before. I live in Korea. I love your work. You're an inspiration. You know and they're sending me photographs or messages on Facebook, commenting the Facebook page. You know she's an inspiration. And when she sees that, you know that's absolutely incredible. You know it makes it makes her. You just realise how bloody small this world really is. The information can, we can get out there to people and how you can influence people is incredible. It's amazing. It really is. I think it's a fantastic story. Thank you. I saw a really interesting comment from, well, a lovely comment from Sean Carr, who's one of my premium members in our Facebook group. And he wrote that Regina is a very lucky girl. I think the hardest thing in life isn't achieving your goals. It's actually figuring out what they are in the first place, how good it must be to be on the path so early. That's true. It is, isn't it? That is very true. If she follows on with this and it stays a passion, uh, I think she's going to have a, an amazing life as a photographer ahead of her. Yeah, hopefully. As I say, if, if, you know, whether it goes to be a career, whether it's just a, a hobby that she enjoys, you know, if it puts a smile on my wee girl's face, I'm happy. I'm really happy. Fantastic. Kev, mate, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing what you have about your business, about your family and Regina as well. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you very, very much for inviting me on and uh, all the best for the future, mate. No worries. Before I let you go, I want to say a big thanks again to the Image Salon for sponsoring today's episode. I hope to see Regina's work in the future and we'll be following closely and I think she might have a few more Instagram followers following this interview as well. (laughs) Yes. Thanks, Andrew. (laughs) Thank you, mate. See you later. You've 
You've been listening to the Photo Experiment Podcast with Andrew Helmich, brought to you by PhotoBizX, the podcast to help you build a successful portrait and wedding photography business. To learn more, head to photobizx.com. 